Why don't you grab your Bibles tonight and look at two passages of Scripture, Matthew chapter 16 and Acts chapter number 2. I don't know how much preaching I'll actually do tonight. i got a little study I want to give, and uh, it might just be a study, but it's what I'm supposed to give. I learned a long time ago the Lord is not really interested in what I think. <laughs> I have so many wonderful ideas, but He never wants to listen to any of them. And uh, I um, uh, got up early this morning, uh, not by choice. It's because I heard something that woke me up and scared me to death. So I woke up and I watched and prayed. And, uh, and I, uh, I've had this text on my heart all day and couldn't get away from it. And really, I'd rather preach something else. Uh, but the Lord's assigned us to this, and I want to be obedient to Him. Amen? So let's look at Matthew chapter 16. Now, I'm going to read the text in Matthew 16, lay some groundwork, and then we'll go to Acts 2 uh, later on into the message. And I won't be long. I'll try to keep it around that 30, 35-minute mark. And looking forward to hearing Brother Caldwell here in just a moment. Matthew chapter number 16. If you're willing and physically able, if you'll join us by standing. And of course, by standing, we all reverence the Word of God. If you're not physically able to stand, you remain seated. You're not being disrespectful. Just let you stretch your legs for a moment. Matthew chapter 16. Thank you, preacher, for letting me come. We've enjoyed a good time of fellowship today. And enjoyed getting to be, uh, fellowship with Brother Elwood. And uh, enjoyed uh, getting to... Uh, Share some interesting stories, amen, and uh, we'll leave that at that, amen, but I've enjoyed the fellowship and the time we've had together. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they say, some say thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered, you know, Simon Peter had foot and mouth disease. He was always sticking his foot in his mouth. But he got this one right. He said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, Petrus, little rock, Petrus, and upon this rock, not the same word for rock here. The Catholic Church got it backwards. Somebody say amen. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. So let's pray a moment and ask God to help us. Our Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, one more time, on the basis of the blood of Christ, we come before you. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, and your love. Thank you, Lord, for your kindnesses and your long-suffering in our life. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of the day, the kindness of this congregation and to this preacher. And God, I pray you would bless them, uh, Lord, tenfold for their kindness to me. I pray for the next few moments, Lord, you would cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with thy spirit. I pray, Lord, that we'd be a blessing and a help to the people of God tonight. Have you in a way, Lord, I pray you bless and protect my family while I'm away tonight. In Jesus' name and all the Lord's people said, thank you for standing while I read the word of the Lord and prayed together. You may be seated. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, I, I wanted to read all the verses because I liked all the verses. Jesus asked them, said, uh, what are they saying about me? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. I believe it's like John the Baptist in his preaching. I believe it's like Elijah in his power. And I believe it's like Jeremiah in his passion. Amen. He said, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter said, I got, I, let me answer this one. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. I preached one time on that text, but I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Amen. Aren't you glad that I heard a preacher preach against one time? And I, I understand the need. And we support 52 missionaries at our church. And we are, we are involved in world missions as well as local missions. I heard a preacher preach against. I'll tell you, we don't need all these churches on top 
of one another. I, I want to say, I thank God I was raised in an area where there's churches on top of one another. That means I got to hear the gospel, and I got born again, saved by the grace of God. I believe you ought to plant church all over the place, but I thank God for where I was born. Amen. I'm glad I was born under the spout where the glory come out, and as a five-year-old boy, I heard the voice of God calling to me in Holy Ghost conviction, and I jumped my pride, and I jumped my religion, and I got John 3, 3, born again. Amen. Thank God for that. And I'm interested here where Jesus looks at Peter. He makes an interesting statement. He said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I have to clarify my message and my thought tonight by saying, number one, I've not changed my doctrine, so don't rush the pulpit. Number two, this is not taking any pot shots at anybody. Uh, but number three, the Bible stands and let, every, let God be true and every man be a liar. But I have, and, and don't say amen, because if you say amen, it's going to have 20 minutes to the sermon, and I don't feel like preaching that long tonight, all right? But I've heard all, and I have books on my shelf, and I understand what they mean, but I've heard people say, you've got to build your church. You've got to build your church. You've got to build your church. Uh, sorry, can't do it. How are you going to build something that's already been built? That's like me saying, I'm going to build this pulpit. You say, preacher, you're crazy. It's already been built. Now, I know you're thinking about it, and I want you to. I want you to think about it. The church is not built by me. And the church is not built by you. Somebody said, well, who's it built by? Well, Jesus said, I will build my church. Can we take 30 seconds and say thank God for church tonight, amen? I love church. Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I love the summons to the house of God. I'm glad I got something on the inside of me that on 9.30 on Sunday mornings, there's something that pulls my car out of the driveway. Hold on earlier than that, but actually around 6.30 on Sunday morning, pulls my car out of the driveway and pulls me down to the house of God. Well, I got to say the Spirit of God put a desire in me to be in the house of God. I'm glad for the summons to the house of God. I'm thankful for the sight of the house of God. I'll tell you, there'll be times I've had a rough week and things ain't going well, but honey, when I pull on 270 Duns Mountain Church Road and I see that church off in the distance in the sunrise, it makes me feel better knowing that I'm fixing to walk into my home on earth. Amen. And I, I love the saints at the house of God. I love the sinners at the house of God. I love the songs we sing at the house of God. I love the sermons that we hear preach in the house of God. I love all the supplication that goes on in the house of God. I love the Spirit of God that moves to the house of God. But most of all, I love the Savior of the house of God. He loved the church and gave Himself for it. I am crucified with Christ. Live less than I, yet, yet, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for not forsaken the assembly of ourselves together as matter as some is but so much the more as you see the day approaching thank God for church David said I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God and to dwell in the tents of the wicked but may I remind you you can't build a church I've got books on my shelves that says how to build a church I'm going to write one and it's going to have one verse in it Matthew 16 18 I'm going to make millions I'm not taking no pot shots at anybody but I'm just reading the Bible. I didn't write it. I just read it real loud. Somebody said, well, okay. I agree with you, preacher. You can't build a church because it's already been built. 
Now stay with me. Don't say amen here because you'll get messed up too. Let's go to Acts 2 now. And I said, preacher, you got to grow the church. Well, you know, the Bible messes that up too. Now, I know it's a soul-winning conference, and this is like the, like the opposite of what you think to preach. But stay with me. We're going somewhere. Look at Acts 2, verse 42. Now, I'm a Bible preacher. Stay with me. Don't hyperventilate. You will be fine. Keep your arms and legs in the right at all times, all right? Look at Acts 2, 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. And fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were gathered were together, had all things common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. Did eat. That's why Baptists eat. They ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Watch it now. Praising God and having favor with all people. Watch it now. And the Lord. Added to the church daily, such as to be saved. You know what helped me in my pastoral ministry? Was when I learned I couldn't build a church and I couldn't grow a church. Somebody said, Preacher, you sound like this all depends on the Lord. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Give that man a chicken dinner. He got it right. I'm not a Calvinist. But I do believe in the sovereignty of God. I do believe, and, I, and don't, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm getting where I want to preach. I'm, I'm laying the groundwork for where I want to preach, and I'm going to be done in just a minute. But I, I grew up going to youth meetings. I heard preachers preach, God needs you. And I understand what they mean. But God didn't need anybody to create the world. God don't need you. God wants you. God wants, hey, God used a donkey to get his word out. I think he could, yeah. I mean, if I ain't going to do it, he said the rocks will cry out. He said if these hold their peace, I'll have the rocks cry out. God doesn't necessarily need you and I, but he wants you and I. That ought to bless our heart that God wants to employ us in the work of God. So I said, preacher, what do you mean? If we don't build a church and we can't grow a church, then what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be obedient to what he told us to do. And I want to preach on this thought out of verse number 47. And the Lord... Added to the church. I got to reading this the other week. I was preparing for a message at our church. And I asked myself this question. If the Lord is the one that adds to a church, that does not negate passing out tracts. That does not negate witnessing to people and telling folks about the Lord. Amen. That does not negate supporting missions. That's not what that's talking about. But you ever been out knocking on doors and nobody came that you invited? And you come to church and you was discouraged. And you felt like a failure. I want to encourage you, you're not a failure. If you were obedient, you'd done what was right and the rest is on them. Because the Bible said, and the Lord added to the church. You believe that? Some of you looking like Brother Gary says, like a calf staring at a new gate. Amen. Listen to me now. Here's my question. What kind of church will God want to add to? I don't think he wants to add to some church that ain't preaching the Bible. I don't think he's going to add to a church that don't believe in the virgin birth of Christ. I don't think he's going to add to a church where they're not getting... In fact, you know what? I'm a Bible preacher. Let's just look at Acts 2 and these verses we just read and see what kind of church this church was that God was adding to. Would that be all right? Let's look at it real quick. First of all, in verse 42, God added to a church that had doctrinal preaching. 
And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Can I say this? If you want God to add to Faith Baptist Church in Martinsburg, West Virginia, you keep on preaching the doctrines of the Word of God. Amen. I know the man of God you got, he's going to keep preaching it straight. But Sunday school teachers, you keep teaching it straight. Hey, layman, you keep telling it straight and witnessing right. Somebody said, preacher, doctrine will scare people away. No, doctrine lets people know what we believe. Hey, I believe in the doctrine of God the Father. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I believe in the doctrine of God the Son. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. I believe in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians 5, 18. And be not drunk with wine. We're in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. I believe in the doctrine of hell. I believe there is a real place called hell tonight. According to Luke chapter number 16. And according to Ezekiel chapter Ezekiel chapter number 33, Revelation chapter number 20, Mark chapter 9, and on and on I could go. There is a real place called hell, but thank God I also believe that just beyond the veil of blue uh, there is a place called heaven where the shades of love lie deep. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. Uh, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you uh, and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again uh, and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. I'm glad there's more to it than this. Keep preaching the doctrines of the Word of God. I still believe in the doctrine of the King James Bible. Amen. I tell my folks, don't give me a Christmas card if it ain't King James. I don't share a verse on Facebook if it ain't King James. Honey, if the king ain't on it, the king ain't in it. I believe that we do have the infallible, the inerrant, the inspired, the preserved, the eternal word of God. Psalm 119 verse 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And honey, if it's settled in heaven tonight, it ought to be settled on earth. I'm not yoking up with somebody who don't believe the King James Bible. I'm not rubbing shoulders with somebody that rubs shoulders with somebody that rubs shoulders that does not believe that this is the King James Bible. And baby, I got news for you too. I ain't about to put a wolf in my pulpit that don't believe this is the King James Bible. He can go preach that mess somewhere else. I don't care how smart he is and I don't care if he did build an ark. I'm telling you, we need to preach the Word of God and stand for what's right and preach that this is the Word of God. Hey, pastor, if I didn't believe that's the Word of God, I'd quit and go home. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend 50 nights away from my family and away from my church a year if I didn't believe it's the Word of God. I wouldn't, that's just on the road. I wouldn't preach over 180 times a year at my church and on the road if I didn't believe it's the Word of God. I'd go, I'd go find something else to do, something less stressful. Somebody say amen. But I'm glad I have the Word of God. I like what Dr. Raymond Barber said. He said, this is the mind of God. So let's open it up and see what he's thinking about. Mm, I like that, amen. I'm glad that my Bible is inspired. It means God breathed it. It means it's preserved. I said, that only means the originals. You ain't got enough dynamite in your brain to blow your nose. Somebody say amen right there. He said forever, O Lord, thy word settled in heaven, being born again, not corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth, that's inspiration, and abideth, that's preservation, forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Amen. You may believe that, right? Sadly, in 2019... You know, you, you men that pastor, you have people come by. You got to really check a guy out and find out if he's really King James or not. And I'm not a ruckmanite either. Somebody say amen. 
I believe the King James Bible before I ever heard of who Peter Ruttman was. Somebody say, man, he's got too many wives anyway. What I'm saying, I believe the Word of God because the Holy Ghost said, that's my book. It's get, it got quiet right there on that last point. Everybody all right? I'm going home Thursday. It'll be all right. I believe it's the Word of God. And I believe the doctrine. God ain't going to add to a church where they don't believe this is the Word of God. Number two. Some of y'all didn't like that one. Well, let's go to another one. Doctrinal preaching. I believe God also added a church that has diligent praying. Said in verse number 42, and breaking of bread and in prayers. Hey, can I, can I just tell one in our churches, most of the time our Wednesday night prayer meeting, we pray 10 minutes maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm confessing my own church too. What happened when we come in and it was just more than just a tent? I appreciate the emphasis the pastors put on the praying time before the service. We got, we, I got under a burden earlier this year at our church. I, 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 as you can tell, I got sawdust shavings in my veins. I, I'm old-fashioned to the core, and I was raised in camp meeting and, and around those old men of God. And, and I was listening to Ed Blue preach one day. He said, we're so sophisticated, we can't even pray outside anymore. And the Holy Ghost convicted me. So we went out about 25 feet in our woods. We cut out a path. We got us a three-ton rock and put us some gravel down there and put us an old-fashioned rock altar down there. And me and our men go down there on Sunday morning and Sunday evening for church. And we get around that old rock altar and we get our hymn books out. And we sing, I never shall forget the dad. I know my name is there. And brethren, we met to worship. We take some testimonies. We'll have somebody testify and preach a little bit. And then we'll pray. You know why? Somebody said, preacher, that's what you're supposed to do in service. You remember when you was in high school and before they had the big football game, they'd have pep rallies. You know what the pep rally was? It wasn't the game, but it was getting everybody excited about what was about to happen. Can I say this? We ought to get into the prayer closet and get with God. Hey, prayer is not before the battle. Prayer is the battle. Leonard Ravenhill says, the church is playing instead of praying. I believe God will add to a church that puts emphasis on diligent praying. Would you agree with that? Number three, look at verse 43. I'm hurry. Everybody okay? Look at verse 43. Great and fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. I believe that picture is divine power. Now, we don't have healers nowadays. Somebody say amen. Book of Acts is a transitional book. 1 Corinthians teaches us when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away with. The Jews seek after a sign and Greeks after wisdom, but we preach Christ, Paul said. And that which is perfect has come, that's the word of God. But in this day... They had those signs and those miracles to prove what they were saying. They didn't have, they didn't have a King James Bible then. I heard somebody say, if the King James Bible is good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. I like it. He just didn't have one. But if, if it was around, he would have had one. Amen. But what I'm saying is that, that they had the power of God upon them. You know, most churches wouldn't have the power to blow the fuzz off of a peach. I'll preach by God's grace. I'll preach in 29 churches this year. Not 25, 29 full weeks, but 29 different churches that will allow me to stand in. And it, there's some places I go, man, it encourages me. And some places I go, and it does the opposite of encourage me. Because there's no power, and it seems that nobody cares. You know what we've done? We have allowed the charismatics and, and, and all those funny boys on TV to scare us away from the power of God and from the Spirit-filled life. But I'm telling you, God, there were, there, were, there were men full of the Holy Ghost long before that woman ever spoke in tongues on Azuzu Street in 1903 in Los Angeles, California. 
Started the charismatic movement. And by the way, Pentecost was a day. It was never meant to be a denomination. Acts chapter 2. Everybody all right? I told you I didn't want to preach this. And y'all were saying, yeah, I wish it hadn't. <laughs> but it's a soul winning conference. And here's what you got to find out. You got to find out. You can't do it. Somebody said, preacher, what do you mean? If we added to the church, you know what we'd do? We'd take the credit. And we would take the glory. I got news for you. God will share his grace with every man. God will share his goodness with every man. But he said, I won't share my glory with any man. With any man. With any man. Divine power. I'm talking about praying and getting full of the Holy Ghost. Don't let that term scare you. Somebody said, preacher, are you talking about a second blessing? I'm on my millionth blessing. Hey, somebody, I was talking to somebody one time, witnessing to them, and, and they, was, they was of that, uh, that denomination believed that you got saved and then you got the Holy Ghost. They said, have you got the Holy Ghost yet? I said, oh, yeah. Well, when did you get him? I said, I got it the moment I got saved. Amen. They looked at me strange. I said, do you have him? They said, well, no. I said, well, you've never been born again then. Because the Bible said, what? No, you're not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have in God, and you're not shown for your bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Can I just preach for a moment and give you my heart? If we'll allow the Spirit of God to do His work, it'll take a lot of pressure off us. Now, that, that sounds simple, but that's hard for us to figure out. Somebody said, well, does that mean we've got a lazy spirit? Oh, no, 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 no. You, th- you read the book of Acts, you think those men were lazy? <laughs> you read about Paul, you think he's a lazy man? No, that does not negate... None of this, what I'm preaching, not, not, does not say, well, we're not supposed to go out and witness. No, but I'm telling you, it's we're dependent on the Lord, what I'm trying to tell us tonight. Yeah. We have to have Him. You can be a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Paul said, if you have not charity. So we find divine power. Watch this one. This, if you didn't like the other ones, I know Baptists, you really don't like this one. Look at verse number 44. And all the believers gathered together and had all things common, and they sold their possessions and goods, and part of them all men as every man had need. God will add to a church where there's a, dis- a distribution of possessions. In other words, they wasn't a bunch of tightwads. They had a heart to give. I understand the context of what they're doing here. But do you think God's going to add to a church where they won't support missions? And people are not tithing and they're not taking care of the man of God. I don't know what you do here. I hope you, hope you take care of the man of God. You ought to, amen. I believe you do. He ain't told me anything. And, and I believe you ought to take care of God's man. You ought to support missionaries. I know you do that. And, and can I say this? But you can never do enough. We finally hit up when I took my church uh, back in 2013. They were supporting 14 missionaries. And my desire was to see that grow. And to God be the glory, we just took on our 52nd missionary. Now, we got two fish to come off the field uh, for health reasons, for ministry. So we're going to be right at 50. And I got some people who say, Preacher, we're at 50. And we only run about 75 people. We're not a large church. We got some people that are very uh, gracious. That we ain't got any rich people. We just have obedient people. By the way, God's never used rich people, He uses obedient people. Well, preacher, I can't. Can't never could. I don't know when your faith promise mission Sunday or conference is, but. You ought to give to missions. Hey, first of all, you ought to make sure you're tithing. Right. Amen. That's, that's the offer. And somebody said, I don't like you talking about money. Well, if I'm preaching on tithing, I ain't talking about your money. We're talking about God's money. The tithe is the Lord's. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to kill a meat to preach on tithing. <laughs> you know who always gets bothered when you preach on tithing? Non-tithers. 
I never got mad when a preacher preached on tithing because I tithe. Somebody said, you being boastful? No, I'm just saying I'm obedient. And I give to missions. And I, I, give, to free, I give free will offerings. Amen. Amen. God ain't going to add to a church with a bunch of tightwads. I tell you, you know, I, I heard a story that a $100 bill and a $1 bill was talking one day, and that $100 bill said, I've been in every department store in the country. And that dollar bill said, and I've been in every Baptist church from here to the state line. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's look on. God will add to a church where there's a daily passion. Look at verse 46. And they continue in daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread and from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. You know what they're doing? They loved being at church. When church time came, Brother Nick, they didn't say, oh, no, we got to go again. No, they were saying, let's go. Let's go. In fact, and I know what we mean when we talk about a New Testament church, but I've never seen a New Testament church because the New Testament church, according to Acts, they're at the church all day, every day. So technically, I mean, we might be like shooting for it, but we ain't hit it yet because ain't none of us at church all day, every day, except for the pastors. <laughs> and most of the time we're not. We got to go to the hospital and we got to go eat lunch. I'm trying to make some of you laugh because some of you look like you want to hurt me after church. <laughs> it's all right. I'm used to it. I'm married. But anyway, watch this, this daily passion. They love the church. Look at this. Here's another one. Dedicated partners. They were in one accord. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Can two walk together? Except they be agreed. I'm talking about the church that God wants to add to. You see, and, I, and like I said, I'm not being disrespectful to anybody that's wrote a book. If you read or not, you wrote a book on church growth, praise God, I'll buy one from you. Add it to my other ones. I'm not being disrespectful. But if we're not careful, we put so much pressure on us that when it don't come through, and, and I, I've been in church all my life, and I believe, I know I'm not an old man, I'm a young man, I'm 28 years, 27 years old, I'll be 28 my birthday, which is the 30th of this month. If you want to send me a birthday card, that'd be very nice. But anyway, <laughs> we're size 11, she 15, 15 and a half, 34, 33 in the sleeve. <laughs> but I've grown up around this. And I've seen preachers put so much pressure on their people to perform and do this. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Holy Ghost to sermon. I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about if you don't do this, as far as if you don't get this. I, I, I was at a church one time where a preacher said, if you don't have this many people saved in a week, you're not right with God. That man's a blooming idiot. You can put him outside and he'd grow. He could not, Noah couldn't be a member of his church. Noah preached 120 years and all he got with his wife, his kids, and his daughters-in-law. And by the way, if you save the entire world and lose your family, you're a failure. But her, her brother needs to say this. He said, but Noah, by saving his family, he actually saved the world. Think about it. Hey, mom and daddy, the first people you ought to try to win to Christ is your own family. If, hey, if you win that family, if everybody just win their family, everybody would be saved. That's deep, ain't it? <laughs> Took me all day to figure that out. <laughs> On my third bag of popcorn and Coca-Cola that comes to me. <laughs> what I'm saying is, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying not to work. I'm not saying not to labor. I'm not saying to give it your all. But when the results ain't there and you've done all you could, if you've been obedient, lay your head on your pillow at night knowing you've known what God told you to do. No, we preach. The flood's coming. And they laughed at him. 
But every night he laid his head on his pillow and said, God, I've done what you told me to do. And the next day he'd get up and he'd preach. And nobody would come. And he lay back down and said, God, I've done what you told me to do. You know what? God found a place for him in Hebrews 11. God, I'm going to tell you what he'd done. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world. Can I say this? If we will do and be obedient to what God tells us to do, it'll be right. Let me give you this last one. Some of you don't like you believe that. Am I in the Bible or not? Here's the last thing in the text, and I'm done. God will add to a church where there is deliberate praise. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such should be saved. I don't believe God's going to add to a church where there's icicles in the pew, Jack Frost is behind the pulpit, and you get, the church is so cold you lead a milk cow down the aisle and she'd be getting off popsicles before she got to the altar. Now, I've had people accuse me of being charismatic, and I say, you can't spell it. And they say, yeah, I can't, K-A-R, and I might say, right there. I've had people say, you know, oh, Brother Josh, he's going to make it to heaven, he's going to run right by it. I've heard it all. But you know what? My Bible says to praise the Lord. You think God's going to add to a church where they sit here, you know. And you look like you're afraid for, like, to move. I love going to a church where somebody raises their hand and nobody says, yes, do you have a question? <laughs> I've been to places like that, man. Where somebody said, you know, I remember one time, old brother May, I, I love Maze Jackson. I named my little boy, his middle name is Maze, and my other little boy is Seitler after Dr. Harold B. Seitler. And, and if we ever have a daughter, we're going to name her Joyce Myers. But anyway, um, we, uh, old brother May said he's a preacher in a meeting one night, and it was dead as a hammer. It was dead as a hammer. And there's this little old lady, she'd, she'd heard Brother Mays on the radio, and she heard he was going to be there in revival, and she'd come and heard him. And she, she was back there, and it was dead, and they were starchy. I mean, it was just quiet, and they, they thought they were dignified, but they were just dead and plucked up by the roots. And Brother Mays just a preaching away, and that lady's in the back going, Woo! Tell him, preacher! Hallelujah! Glory to God! You know, acting like you ought to. And she's just having a good time. And the deacons got mad at her. And escorted her out, one on each arm. And she's going out the back door. She hollered out and said, Brother Mays, Jesus rode into town on one donkey and I'm riding out on two. <laughs> that little old lady, I, I'm almost done, I'm at 30 minutes. That little old lady went to a church and, and, and she's just visiting that morning. And they was, you know, you know all starching and everything. Somebody said, you making fun of them? You better believe it. And they're all like that. And she said, Woo! Glory to God. Hell, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And that deacon walked back there and said, Ma'am, we are glad you're enjoying the service and praising God, but we just don't act like that here. She said, Sir, I'm not praising God because I'm enjoying the service. I'm praising God because I'm not a member here. <laughs> I like to go to places where people like me. There are certain places I get to go preach, and, and, and I, feel, I think y'all like me. If, if you love me, I'm wondering about But I, uh, There's a couple places I go. I'll go to one place in December, and a man will meet me at the door with a bag of deer jerky, homemade. Oh, I love going there. They love me there. They don't know me that well, but they love me. I like going there. You know why I like going there? They like when I'm there. I don't know why. It's something special. They enjoy me being there. And you know what? 
I just about begged the pastor to have me back every year. Well, I don't know who you got booked for the rival next year, but he's probably an idiot. Why don't you book me? You know why? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I like being there because they like, they like me being there. I wonder if the reason God don't show up at a lot of our churches is because we really don't like him being there. I'm just, I'm just surmising. I mean, if it ain't, and I'm not being critical, but at our place, I tell our folks, we're, we're Holy Ghost led. We have an order of service. It's whatever the Holy Ghost orders. And we'll get in there, and, and sometimes we'll have the choir sing two or three, just whatever feel. We might have some, I might get up and preach. And, and I tell, I said, the Holy Ghost welcome to move in this service, do what he wants to any time, because I, this ain't my church. He bought and paid for it. You know what I've seen God do? I, I, God will invest. Dr. Brown preaches that message on God's an investor. And I believe God wants to invest in a church where they're preaching the book. you agree with that? Where they pray. Where they give. Where they're excited about being there. Where they desire to have God's touch and God's power in their life. But I believe God wants to add to a church. Where they say, Lord, we sure do love you. And we want to worship you. And we want to give you glory. And we want to give you praise. Don't you think God wants to add to a church like that? I'm not saying this church is not that. But I want to encourage you. Be that. I believe you are. But continue to be that. Don't change to meet this world. Don't change. I'm done. Come on, preacher. I'm done. Don't change to meet the culture. Don't change to please the world. But stay faithful because he bought and paid for the church. And the Lord added to the church. Father, take the message. Use it for thy glory. Thank you for the attention of your people. In Jesus' name, amen.